Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Accidental Tomatoes podcast. I'm your host, Joe Webb, and this is a podcast for spiritual exiles, for all of us who are looking for faith and spirituality outside the fences and walls of institutional Christianity. We've got a great episode for you today, but before we dive into that, I'd like to quickly remind you that you can find all of the content that our team is creating for our community at our website, accidentaltomatoes.com. You can go there to find every episode of the podcast, as well as blog entries on a wide variety of topics related to religious deconstruction, social justice, and liberation theology. And if you're inspired by our work and would like to help support us, please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash accidentaltomatoes. There you can learn how you can help us create and curate content that's helping people navigate the difficulties of spiritual trauma, deconstruction, and trying to build a more just, more inclusive world. Accidental Tomatoes is the official content site for New Wineskins, a fully inclusive, non-traditional online faith community rooted in deep, authentic conversation. New Wineskins is a member of the Reconciling Ministries Network and is open to anyone seeking to explore faith and spirituality on a deeper level than many can experience in the institutional church. If you're looking for a community where you can express your deepest doubts, ask your hardest questions, and be welcomed unconditionally, feel free to visit one of our weekly Zoom gatherings. Learn more by visiting newwineskinsnetwork.org. So our guest for this episode is Nate Webb of Checkpoint Church, better known as Nerd Pastor Nate. And Checkpoint Church is a digital community built for gamers, geeks, and nerds. Nate is not only creating a very innovative model for online faith communities, but he's also one of the pioneers that's beginning to show the institutional church what the possibilities are for fully contextual communities. Nate has been featured in podcasts and articles from the United Methodist News Service, and I'm really excited that he spent some time with me recently to talk about not just his own community, but the possibilities for all kinds of folks to connect and build supportive friendships over common interests and activities. So please give a warm Accidental Tomatoes welcome to Nate Webb. We're so want as the church to oust people. Uh, And the nerds and geeks and gamers have been ones that have gotten it, uh, but so many others have as well. I think that's where the, the niche of digital content creation is going to be so awesome is because the internet is so good at connecting people and also so good at connecting specific people uh, that you'll be able to find groups that have never felt like they've been welcomed in the church before uh, and you'll be able to specifically uh, tap into that and help those people see that they are loved by god and that the church just messed up Well, hey, friends, welcome to another episode of the Accidental Tomatoes podcast. I'm really excited uh, for my guest for this episode, the one and only Reverend Nathan Webb. I love the last name. No relation (laughs) as far as we know, right? No, no. um, Yeah, yeah. Still looking for it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Nathan uh, has uh, a really unique um, online faith community that we're going to talk about today called Checkpoint Church, and we're going to dive into the details of that. And yeah, I, you know, so I got um, I got uh, an ancestry like um, 
DNA thing for for my birthday this year. So I, I'm just started. So maybe we'll find a connection there somewhere, Nate. Yeah, we'll see. I'm I'm the Georgia webs. We came out of Georgia, so there's some something there that they, they oh, okay truck. That's the like lore, the family lore. Drove an ice truck up to the mountains, and that was the job. And then they wound up in Tyro, North Carolina. So that's fantastic. That's, our webs, that's fantastic. So. Well, Nathan, uh, welcome to the podcast. So glad to have you as a guest for this episode. Uh, so tell us a little bit about yourself and um and a little bit about what checkpoint church is all about sure well as you said i am nathan webb my community knows me as nerd pastor nate um i am awesome. a i'm a church planter um, a provisional elder in the united methodist church here in the western north carolina conference of the united methodist church and uh, i'm actually just starting my my third year so we're, we're two years down entering into our third year of this weird church plant uh the basic gist of the story it's everywhere I, you know I've, i have podcasts and videos and sermons where i've told the story but the basic gist is i went to the conference and i said i have this vision uh, that I think that we are really missing out um, on sharing the love of Jesus with nerds, geeks, and gamers. Um, and I think they're missing out on teaching us a whole that we a lot of that we need to learn um, from Comic Cons and from their conference culture uh, that is, you know, would put our mega churches to shame. And so they said, you know yeah. what, we, we think you got a pretty good point there, Nathan. And they decided to take the risk and see how everything went. So we started a an online digital first church plant. Uh, we didn't know that terminology at that point. I just knew that I wanted to do a church for nerds <laughs> and discovered that nerds are on the internet. That's where they are. Uh, and so, no, yeah, apparently <laughs> so. So we wound up finding um, the major platforms of Twitch, which is like kind of like Facebook Live, kind of like YouTube Live, live streaming service, um, but more particularly niche around gaming and nerd culture. Uh, and then Discord, which is a kind of like a Facebook group or a Slack group, uh, if you're familiar with any of those, very similar to that kind of thing, um, but just, in my opinion, better in every way. So I'll rant and rave about Discord if you want me to. But <laughs> those are our two places where we found- You are quite the evangelist. For, I am, I am. Yeah, yeah. I will talk about it, <laughs> yep, as, as many people as will listen uh, until they until they turn me away. Uh, so we're, we're on Twitch and Discord, and then on YouTube, uh, just because YouTube's just ubiquitous. You just can't avoid YouTube uh, in any right. platform that you're on. But we discovered that the nerds were on Twitch, and we discovered that the nerds were most interested in finding solace and finding community on Discord. And we just went from there. And we've been experimenting and learning and growing and connecting uh, over the past two years since. Yeah. And, and as we're recording this, um, you just celebrated your two-year anniversary of doing this. So how I don't want to get too tied up in numbers. I don't think sure. that's really as interesting as, as a lot of like administrators think it is, but you have had, you've had a pretty significant growth curve as I, I've kind of had a front row seat because you and I've gotten to know each other through some of the online Methodist yeah. church planning things that we've been involved in. And, uh, and, and you've had, you know, a pretty phenomenal, like early growth curve. I know it's come with its, you know, kind of bumps in the road and stuff. Um, but um, talk, can you talk just a little bit about like how it started and, and what it's grown into in a short two years. Yeah, well, it's been an exciting challenge to even know what analytics to pay attention to. I think that's oh, where yeah. administrators get confused is, is knowing what, what data is helpful data and what data is not so helpful. So I like to kind of look at the numbers, but I also like to look at the story behind the numbers. And so that's why I mentioned the platforms that I did of Twitch, Discord, and YouTube. Are we on TikTok? Sure, we're on TikTok. Are we on Instagram? Sure, we're on Instagram. Do we have a website? Of course we do. We have all those like extra things, but I see them as ancillary. The things that really matter to me is, hey, Twitch is where we're reaching people. So I want to know how many people are we reaching 
on a regular basis. Uh, and so a number that I'm excited to kind of share there is over the past two years, we've reached, they tell us our unique viewers. And so we've reached uh, almost 2000 unique eyeballs. Um, and that's, that's something fantastic. that you don't get to write down. Like, unless you're taking note, uh, let's say you're doing a traditional church plant and you go to the local coffee shop or, or, or the local dive bar or wherever you're deciding to plant yeah. and you, you hang out in there and you start writing down names and numbers, your, your notebook's going to look real full uh, with 2000 people, but Twitch keeps track, track of that for me. And so I know that, you know, whether they've stayed or not, um, we have, we have almost a thousand followers. Uh, we don't have a thousand viewers at any given time. That would be, um, a goal to attain sometime in the near future, maybe, <laughs> but we've had at least 2000 eyeballs see us on Twitch and say, Hey, that's an interesting thing that I want to know more about. Uh, so that's the number that I get excited for on there. Our Discord community, like I said, again, the numbers and the story, the story behind that is I see Discord as our church building. So that's our, di that's our digital church building where once we meet them on Twitch, we meet them in the coffee shop, whatever that may look like in a traditional plant. And then we bring them, we invite them, uh, we let them know they're welcome in our space. And so Discord has become our space. Uh, and we have almost 300 people in that space. Um, all, all told, we've had, you know, some people that'll, that'll come check us out and then be like, oh, maybe not for me, and they'll step away. Uh, but we've got, we've got almost 300 people right now that are interested and curious and wanting to come and visit our church building. Uh, and I would say we're somewhere around 70 to 80 actively participating in the community on a weekly basis. Yeah. Um, and if you even go daily, we've probably got like 30 people that are interacting every single day on the Discord. And that's one of the things that I, I like to say is uh, imagine any other church building that has, you know, 30 people come by every single day of the week, not just Sundays. Uh, you know, I served a rural church community uh, before this one, and we were, we were getting 30 and 40 on a Sunday, and they couldn't wait, you know, to get to the Golden Corral as soon as uh, service wrapped up. <laughs> yeah. But now I've got people that are like, oh, no, I want to be a part of this community all day every day monastically. Uh, it's, it's a really fascinating thing to see happen in this digital space is that since it's digital, since it's so hands-off, since it's something that you can just have on your computer while you're working, uh, it's something that people want to be a part of all the time. Uh, and that's an incredible story to tell uh, in the way that I see the numbers being. Uh, and then YouTube is just where we, we make sure that we're getting our, our sermons out there. We're getting our content out there, uh, making sure that we're letting people know what's going on. And uh, we have a little thing that we like to say at the end of every video where we kind of have a little mantra um, that we end it with. Where we say, God loves you, we love you, and you matter. Uh, and that's really important to us that we make sure that nerds hear that because I feel like they didn't hear that a lot in the satanic panic yeah, of yeah. the 90s and stuff. So we want them to know those three things. Uh, and I looked up the numbers for the latest newsletter and I saw that our videos had been viewed 22,000 times, which is an impressive number and a not impressive number given the massiveness of YouTube. But it's still, again, the story behind it is that 22,000 times we've told people that God loves them, we love them, and they matter. Uh, and that's, you know, that's, that's a testament in and of itself to what I want to do. I want to make sure that nerds are hearing that message uh, and that they know that that message is true about them. So yeah, that's, that's the little, that's a little gist behind why we use the numbers that we use. And there's still, there are more important numbers out there and there are less ones, but like you said, the data only does what the data does. It's really the story behind yeah. it. That's the difference. I, I want to go back for just a second and unpack something you said a minute ago, because I think it's really interesting. You said, and you're, and you're talking about the people who are participating yeah. daily, you use the term monastically. Sure. Um, and I, I really love that idea. Can you unpack that a little bit? 
Um, oh, well, I, tell I, us kind of what you mean by that. I think about monastic communities in the church that are very like monk oriented, where it was people that would come to the church, would come to the place and they would live there. Uh, literally, right. they would live on the premises. Maybe they would give their lives to the to the pastorate. They would be clergy in this space, or maybe they would just be studiers of the word, or maybe they would be uh, people that come and dwell in this space, whatever that would look like um, in a traditional culture. It's just a daily practice, an actual habit that would happen in a church building, in a church place. And so I see it as kind of a modern movement in our space that people are wanting that regular community. They're wanting yeah. something that is truly on a, on a daily schedule. That's something that happens every single day. And I think churches have been that sporadically throughout history, even in recent history. Um, but it's not something that I think has been well explored on the internet uh, but it's something that is happening <laughs> and it's happening outside of the church. So I'm just excited to yeah. see it happening within the, within the, the, the parameters that we're setting up of a, of a Christian community. Uh, I think that that's what people come to the internet for anyway. I think they're looking for a 24 seven community to be a part of. They want to feel seen. They want to feel known. Uh, and so they start to find a community that sees them and that they can, they can invest in. Uh, yeah. and this just provides a place that we know is a safe space because we're providing it. Yeah. It, um, the, 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 I guess, contemporary term that comes to mind with that is, um, intentional community. Yeah. Right. And, and I, and I feel like, um, this, what you've got going on is, is so unique because it's a digital first. Mm -hmm. It's unique within, um, church culture mm -hmm. that it's digital first. It's not unique within the broader culture no, at all. At all. Yeah. Um, and, and, as usual, you know, the church is late to the game, <laughs> but that idea of, you know, people um, intentionally coming together, spending time and, and getting to know each other. Can, can you talk about how, you know, beyond all those numbers that you just said, which, which are pretty impressive, I think, but um, what are you seeing or how do you, or do you even have a way to measure or, or gauge um, the, the relationships that are being formed. Do you have a way of seeing, um, let me just to kind of back up and give you an example. One of the things I've noticed um, in my community. So I've got, we've got an online community called new wineskins. That is um, a conversation community. Like we're not, we're not built around, you know, gaming or nerd culture or anything like that. We're, but it's, it's an online community. And one of the things that um, when I have to talk to folks in the institution to try to interpret what we do um, we get into that relationality. One of the things I notice is um, not so much how well people get to know me, but like when I see them interacting with yeah. each other online in ways that don't have anything to do with new wineskins, right? Absolutely. Um, so do you have do you have sort of a comparable like experience yeah. within Checkpoint? Or? Totally. I think that's what's so interesting is, you know, you said the word intentional community, and that is kind of the buzzword that rightly that we want to equate things with, but some of it is an intentional but I'm almost finding that I think that what churches are doing really well <laughs> is the intentional part that, you know, most people are like, hey, we'll hire an online campus pastor and they'll, you know, they'll ask a question every day and they'll set up this and that platform and they'll do this and that event. But what I don't see a lot of is uh, online pastors just being, just yeah, existing yeah. in the community and just creating a space that is intentional or not it's just a space that exists yeah and so i think that's what i'm i'm finding is that our discord space exists when i'm not there so uh we just had uh we celebrated the birth of our second child and so i i took the month off an entire month 
off of a digital church plant. Uh, <laughs> and we literally have only been around for a year and three quarters. And I took a whole month off like a crazy person. I did it anyway. I took advantage of that time. And you know what? It didn't implode. It didn't, it didn't all crumble and fall to pieces, but instead people picked up the mantle and they shared, we have a question every day. They shared the question of the day. They continued to pray for each other in our prayer quest channel. They continued to post uh, latest articles about games and whatever was being aired and whatever was coming out. They watched videos together. They played game nights together. Uh, they got together and, you know, just played like among us on, uh, on the internet across the different uh, groups. They shared time in other chats. They streamed and picked up for me. And so that is like a thing that I, I can't even describe the willingness of this community to step up to the plate and to keep things going and to keep things interesting, even whenever I'm not around. Uh, and that's a really humbling thing because I think that as a church planner, sometimes the, the ego, especially as a five wing four on the Enneagram, like my, my like artist and so edgy mentality wants to say like, this is about me and I'm, I'm doing this. <laughs> but the truth is, is like this, this community uh, doesn't need me. Uh, it's finding its own foundation and it's finding its own root. Um, and I gave it the push forward and now it's existing in its own space and it's continuing to, uh, the, the thing that really humbled me was I realized that my opinion of video games is not the norm in this community. Uh, I don't play Halo. I don't play a lot of shooters and that kind of game, but we're, we're attractive to a lot of FPS shooter types. And so there are every single week I post a top 10 list of like games from 2009, 2020, 2000, whatever, or top 10 games that I've never played or whatever it may be. And it amazes me the amount of times that people comment on that. And they're like, Nathan, you have the worst tastes in video games ever. Like, what are you talking about? Like, this is the worst list. Uh, and, and they disagree with me. And I love that because it, it just shows that we have our own personality. And while we're yeah, all yeah. here, we're all bringing kind of this, our own diversity of, of experience and things that we're interested in. Um, and that, that's been an exciting thing in this space for me to see. But yeah, I think that just as you said, people talk to each other, they get to know each other. Um, we have a really vibrant prayer request uh, section of our discord where people just pray for each other. Um, it's not me commenting and saying, you know, the pastor's here and the pastor's praying for you, but instead it's other people saying, hey, I really care about you and your family and what's going on. Um, and they interact in that space uh, totally yeah. unprompted by me. So there's sort of this, like, it's intentional community, but it's also very organic. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I think it feels like, li listening to you talk about that, like, that feels like a sweet spot that's pretty hard to contrive, right? Um, so what do, you, what do you sort of attribute that to? I think it just, it, we, we found the right people and we've taken the time to work with those people and to tap them on the shoulder and to say, uh, hey, you know, this, this community is here for you, but we also want you to serve this community. Um, and so something that we really, we took a big step after our first year, I, I really took that first year to just work on meeting people. Um, we, we wrote, you know, some sermons, we did some exciting events, we streamed pretty regularly, but for the most part, it was just me doing the stuff. Uh, and then about a year in, um, I decided to finally bite the bullet and let people know that we wanted to figure out what leadership looked like. What did, what did um, membership look like? What did involvement look like in this community? And we're not a chartered church, so we don't have official membership at this point. But I started this thing called Level 2, uh, and that was our first step forward. And the way that I explained it to people to not freak them out is to say, hey, um, this is just a, uh, a name, a namesake that symbolizes 
up until this point, you've been served by Checkpoint, very much a typical internet consumerist. I create the content, you consume the content. Right, uh, right. And so level two was the first step where people said, hey, you've served me up until this point. Now I want to serve this community too. And so it didn't mean that you needed to go and serve a Bible study. It didn't mean that you needed to drive the bus for the youth. It didn't mean any of that stuff. It just meant you're interested in serving this community. Um, and I, whenever I launched that, I was, I was so scared. <laughs> I was like, nobody's yeah, going to yeah. sign up for this thing. I was like, I'm really, I'm, 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 you know, jumping the shark. None of this is going to work, but uh, it took about, uh, I think I posted it. And within 30 minutes, we had three people sign up right away. Um, and over the course of the, of the year, since it's been launched, we've now got nearly 20 people um, that are saying, wow. I want to serve this community in whatever way that I can. Uh, and that's taken a lot of different shapes uh, and types, but just having that flexibility of knowing that these are people that want to serve uh, is a helpful thing for me as, as, the, as the kind of you know, director, as the kind of captain piloting the ship. Um, they're the people that are letting me know, hey, we are interested in doing what we can. Uh, and that sets them not, not apart, uh, not above by any means, but just right, kind of, right, just kind right, of sets yeah. them apart as an intentional um, space where people are wanting to serve. And that's turned into a couple different things. I think most importantly is something that we realized was uh, missing in a lot of online communities is a sense of safety. And so we wanted to very intentionally create a robust, uh, in, the, in, the, in the traditional church, we'd call it safe sanctuary. Um, but we wanted to kind of come up with our own um, safe sanctuary type document that we call safe point. Uh, and that is that was a big turning point for us because it allowed for people that say they wanted to serve to say, hey, are you interested in serving uh, to create this space of safety, to create a safer space for people? And uh, we had a couple of people right from the get-go that said, yes, we want to do that. And so we started a thing called our Guardian Program. And these are people who are basically, if you're familiar with internet lingo, these are mods uh, essentially on Twitch and Discord. But these are more than just moderators because they're not just police saying what you can and can't do. But instead, they're, they're community creators. So they're starting safe spaces where they've been background checked. They've been, they're, they're known, they're familiar, uh, and they are safe. So they're creating opportunity for safe spaces. So, you know, I mentioned earlier that we had, whenever I was on paternity leave, an Among Us night, which is a game where you uh, play with a, a group of people and you try and hunt out um, an alien on your spaceship. And so if you're familiar with Mafia, the Mafia game is always a fun one too. So it's, it's that kind of game. And we had two guardians that stepped up whenever I was on paternity leave and said, hey, we're going to host an Among Us night. And so that's what I see as being, we're serving this community for safety. We're not just saying what you can't do and putting down the hammer of the law, but instead we're saying, hey, we want you to have a safe community. So we're going to create an intentional space of safety in this space. And so that's a really good example, I think, of how it's being done by the people that are wanting to serve. And the yeah. fact that we've had those people on board from, from that first you know, mark of the first year has been huge. That's pretty amazing. That's pretty amazing. It, before we started recording, you were, you and I were talking about um, this whole idea of contextual community building, right? Yeah. That, um, up, up till this point in the church's history, a church's context essentially has been the neighborhood or the the community or the town, city, whatever, where where the building exists. Um, but we're now finding in in the digital age that context, excuse me, context exists in all kinds of other places. So this, you know, gamers, geeks, and nerds, that's a very specific 
context. So why tell us a little bit about why it was that, that you felt particularly drawn mm-hmm. um, to create something for that context. Yeah, I think that it's it's the most um, transparent reason. It's what I wanted. <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah, I was yeah. missing it. I, I'm a PK. My dad was um, a second career pastor. He got his first, um, he was in a student appointment, I think when I was three years old and then got his first appointment when I was seven. And so I literally have grown up in the church. Um, I even grew up in a very contemporary church plant context. He was the second pastor to serve there uh, and is still serving there today. So it's been there a long time. Um, but that kind of, even growing up in that contemporary space, I still felt like my nerdiness, my geekiness wasn't really welcome in that church community. Yeah. Uh, even in the youth group, which was a cool youth group. It was a hip, it was a happening, uh, you know, young contemporary youth group. Uh, you know, I wanted to play Super Smash Brothers or talk about the latest anime and they wanted to play another round of horse, right? And it's like, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm a tall guy, but I'm no good at basketball. So it just didn't ever click. We, we, I did my best. I was still my, my on personality. I still felt that calling for ministry very early. So I knew that I wanted to be involved with the youth. I was always a leader in the youth. But I still never felt like I really belonged there. And then when I went to college, uh, it only further cemented itself. Um, I didn't go for a religious studies um, undergrad or anything like that. I went for communications. uh, And that was very intentional because my dad was like, you're going to get plenty of it in seminary. Don't do it. (laughs) Uh, And so I did communications and all my buddies were nerds. And I also discovered that they weren't welcome in the church. They weren't Christians, or uh, maybe they had never really felt like they clicked. Or once they finally got, you know, off of mom's apron strings, they were like, well, now I'm never going back to church. So regardless Mm -hmm. of whatever it may have been, I discovered that my nerds that I love uh, weren't really finding a welcoming community uh, in the church. And so I was like, well, that, I feel that too. And that's just such a shame because these are my buddies and we click. So thus <laughs> the church should click with them too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe it's just taking the, taking the initiative and doing the thing. I don't think that there's anything, you know, that sets me apart in that way as being like, I'm for such a time as this, like I had to be the one to do this. I think anybody could have done this, but it's a matter of like, I, I had the interest, I had the hobbies and it wasn't there for me. And so I wanted to create it for others. Uh, and that's just turned into the right thing. I think that, you know, a lot of stuff, like I mentioned at the beginning, uh, I think that the nerds have a lot to teach us um, with their forms of community. They've been better at making community with Comic-Cons and with land parties and with stuff like that for a long time. So we have a lot to learn from them. And so I kind of perceived it as being a, um, a healthy relationship that we could have where I might be able to learn from the nerds, but I could also offer a safe space. Uh, and the church could in turn learn from what I'm learning uh, and see yeah. that this is a possible thing while also offering an extending olive branch uh, of the love of Jesus for, for nerds, geeks, and gamers who are certainly just as worthy of it as, as anybody else. Yeah, yeah. that it, it dovetails so nicely everything you just said with kind of the, the ethos of, of accidental tomatoes, right? This idea that we have um, a, a content platform for what we the term we like to use is spiritual exiles um but it's it's you know just exactly what you were talking about folks who um either never felt welcome in church or underwent some sort of you know religious trauma spiritual abuse or things like that right there's all kinds of reasons um that you fall into that um that kind of category um and i think you know you found this very specific subset of that that um that like you said, like the church just hasn't really paid attention to it. In fact, and I think you mentioned what was it, the satanic panic about yeah, the yeah. there was there was a time in the not too distant past where, you know, that it was unheard of that the church would accept 
mm-hmm. people who wanted to play online video games, right? That, that there was this um, this stigma attached to that. Well, I grew up with um, Harry Potter. So, I mean, Harry Potter was oh, like yeah, the worst yeah. of it there for a bit where it was like, you know, these are people um, participating in black magic. And it was like, no, we're just reading crappy writing. Like, come on. It's just, <laughs> we're reading the best book that J.K. Rowling could produce. Let's just be okay with it. All right. And <laughs> yeah, it, it, that's exactly it. We had this weird weird mismatch of of all these things uh but 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 it is it is something that the church reacts so strongly to and even in the latest episode or season of stranger things um they've been talking about that kind of thing with with the stanic panic and um how we just we're so want as the church to oust people uh yeah and the nerds and geeks and gamers have been ones that have gotten it uh but so many others have as well i think that's where the the niche of digital content creation is going to be so awesome is because the internet is so good at connecting people and also so good at connecting specific people uh, that you'll yeah, be able yeah. to find groups that have never felt like they've been welcomed in the church before. Uh, and you'll be able to specifically uh, tap into that and help those people see that they are loved by God and that the church just messed up, um, which the church is, right. is going to do again. Yeah. 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 Has it surprised you any, the the response you've gotten um, the positive response, especially, and, and we can maybe talk about any negative pushback too. I think that would be interesting, but have you been surprised by how well you've been received um, in that, in that community? You know, I think that we have, and we haven't, it's, it's been a little mixture of everything. I think that there have been churches that have accepted us in incredible ways. And there have been churches that have just been like, what a fad. Um, you know, we've yeah, had yeah. articles that have been written on us that have just been like, wow, this checkpoint church is an incredible new thing. We've had others that have been like, this is a flash in the panel, be gone as soon as you see it. Um, and then vice versa. Um, we've had people on Twitch that have been like, whoa, this is so cool, a church on Twitch. Like, I love this. I want to know more about this. And then we've had people that, you know, come by and want to ask us about why are we doing this and why do we think like this is happening? I think we even have one, we have one comment on one YouTube video. Um, I put out weekly nerdy sermons where I connect some kind of like pop culture, anime, video games, something. And I uh, attribute it to some kind of, I'll try to s- summon up some kind of theme out of it. I'll connect it to a scripture. I'll present a quick sermon. So it's just a method of like, hey, you like this thing. Here's a scripture that can be drawn out of this theme that you like. Here's this sermon. Quick, easy, well edited, something just to, to get the point across. And we had somebody comment and say, uh, so now we're um, we're doing film reviews as evangelism, huh? And I was like, I mean, yeah. Okay. Sort of. <laughs> we kind of are. But, you know, they, they meant it with a little bit of sass. So We've had a little bit of every reaction to it, but I think what's intrigued me the most um, is that we really reach out to three groups. So whenever I first got this thing started, I had an awesome coach, still have an awesome coach uh, out of Florida who basically made me decide on like one year and was like, all right, you're going to, you're going to pick one year to reach. So I was like, I'm reaching 29 year olds who never went back to church after going to college. That was my like gap. Um, And we've reached that. But we've also reached some others um, sure, on, yeah. on the uh, the sidelines. So we've also reached a lot of youth that are in the same place where I was, where they didn't experience that kind of nerdiness in their own youth group. So they're willing to to learn more, and their churches are like, "Hey, we're not offering this, but this church is. So why don't you learn more?" Uh, so that's one major group we're reaching our twenty nine year olds, and then our third group that has fascinated me the most is we are reaching so many clergy. 
Um, we're reaching oh, yeah. so many pastors that are just these closet nerds that feel like <laughs> they can only talk about Captain America and Superman in their sermons, but they're like, but I want to talk about Halo, but I want to talk about this other thing that I'm doing. And, and, and that has been such an interesting facet of this ministry is like the support that I'm getting more than anything is from other pastors that are like, will you please be my pastor? Like, will you let me be a nerd for a minute and let me, let me enjoy this nerdy content about these things that I actually care about because I'm going to my church and I'm having my potlucks. Uh, and you know, I'm talking about, I love Lucy and I want to talk about my things. So it, it is, it's a really interesting phenomenon that I'm discovering uh, that, that the, this real niche uh, is, is pastors that are looking for, for nerdy ways uh, to experience yeah. Jesus that they're literally offering, you know, every Sunday. That's so interesting. Yeah. It, part of me is not surprised by that because it, it's easy for, you know, as I kind of look across just mentally thinking through colleagues of mine who are good friends, like there's a lot of them that would fit that demographic, you know, and, and, and especially, um, I guess younger than me, you know, <laughs> which is almost everyone. Um, <laughs> but, um, folks who have grown up more with that culture and then felt like in order to pursue their, you know, call to ministry or whatever, that they've, they've either had to set that aside or closet it or, you know, some, in some way, um, just pretend that that doesn't exist in their public life. Um, and, and yeah, so it's not really, it's interesting, but it's not really surprising to hear for me to hear you say, you know, how many clergy people are, are um, kind of on board with what you're doing. And that's got to help. I would think, on some level, um, you know, that gives them a resource to connect their congregants or people in their community that may not fit into their congregation so much, but at least they've got now a place where you can say, you know, go check out what Nate's doing, you know? Yeah, yeah absolutely. We've had that. That's, that's the word of mouth that we get more than anything. You know, sometimes we'll you know, Twitch is our ideal evangelistic platform. We certainly do use it that way. We reach a lot of people for the first time there. Um, and I'm even hesitant to use that word because that is kind of a nasty word, isn't it? Um, <laughs> but I really mean it more innocently than it sounds. It's just where we're reaching people. Um, yeah, yeah. But a lot of our word of mouth where people kind of let us let us know more about them or where they discover more about us is from people that are their pastors that are like, hey, you're not getting fed this way in this community. So here's this community that is doing it. Um, yeah. And we're digital, so we're safe for some reason. I feel like there's this right. weird competition between traditional churches and these physical church buildings that are like, no, this is my congregant. Uh, but when it's a digital church, they're like, oh, no, go ahead and go there. And, and that's yeah. that's unfortunate, especially given our Methodist uh, connection, you know, history. But it is something that that we're we're discovering there is that people are pretty comfortable sending people our way. And that, 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 that thrills me because we're able to hopefully yeah. prove that we really aren't out to steal your congregant. That's not what it's about. <laughs> yeah, what yeah. a gross concept, it really but, is. but it is, it's something that, that has been a concern in church plants growing up in church, plant, I saw plenty of it. So um, not seeing as much of it in this digital world is really nice. Yeah. What about your reception from within like the gamer community? Has anything surprised you about like how well, you know, that you're, I guess, target demographic, for lack of a better term, um, how well you've been received in that space. I think most people are super curious and they're really interested in giving us a chance. Uh, I think that a lot of people just really like exploring the things that they like to talk about. I mean, if you look at Reddit as a site, like the whole point of Reddit is to go and to just talk about your opinions on something. Um, and so we discovered that like uh, one of our favorite things to write these nerdy sermons on is on anime. 
uh, and people will share our videos on their subreddits um, based off of these different anime shows because it's just another thing to talk about. Uh, and so whether or not people are like, all right, I'm ready to be baptized in the waters, you know, that might not be their first response, but they're like, hey, this is interesting. Like, I've never thought about how this scripture might relate to this random video game or this random anime. Uh, and that creates a really interesting perspective. But I also think there's a pretty big amount of people that just want community and they haven't found it as much on uh, on Twitch. And uh, yeah, I, th I think that the reality of the situation is is they are more interested than I would have expected from the onset. Uh, one thing that I was surprised about is how much it's already really being done. Um, you know, I think we're providing a different perspective. There's certainly not like a lack of people on the internet to reach. There's plenty of them. So we're definitely <laughs> reaching people clearly. But there, there have been organizations uh, for decades. Um, there was in the, in the onset of the internet, there was a thing called the Christians, Christian Gamers Guild. Um, and then out of Christian Gamers Guild come, came this thing called Game Church. And Game Church would go to um, different Comic-Cons and conferences across the nation, and they would go and uh, host D&D sessions, and they would hang out, and they would be a Christian space. Uh, and then out of that came Love Thy Nerd, which is a digital uh, place just to let people know that Jesus loves them on the internet. There's God Squad Church out of Virginia. Um, even in the Methodist uh, connection, we have Methodist Gaming out of Virginia. We have Crossfire Faithless Gaming out of Colorado. So we've got all these different people that are doing this ministry. Um, even one of one of my favorite people here in the Methodist Connection is uh, Derek White, who is the geek preacher. Uh, and so it's being done. It's been done in really interesting ways. We're just continuing to figure out how we might best uh, um, love our nerds, our geeks, and our gamers, how we might serve them, how we might create a community for them. Uh, and so that's that's been an intriguing thing for me as well. Is it already is being done. Uh, and, and we really are making an impact. And sometimes some people leave a sour taste um, and we're trying to do what we can to make sure that, that is seen to as best as possible. Try not to uh, try to approach them with, with as much humility as possible. But yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that. Like what about that, um, that sort of cultural mistrust of the institution of the church yeah. um, that probably stereotypically would seem to be, um, maybe elevated or enhanced, you know, within that gamer community. Um, has that been like a hurdle, a barrier that you've had to, to find creative ways through it or, or is it really just once they find out you're authentic, you know, they're, they're willing to, to have a conversation. Uh, I think once, once they really get to know us, they're more willing to, to give us a shot. But I think there is that kind of like hip check reaction of like, and what is your connection to elevation worship, right? Or like, okay. <laughs> like, how connected are you? Like, where are you on this on this thing? Like, do you do you know what SBC stands for? Like, if we're if we're if we're at all connected to the kind of uh, you know movements out there, we tend to get a eyebrow raised to us. But typically, people find out that we're we're connected with EMC, and they're like, who? And they're like, really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's been an intriguing thing too, is I think that people initially are like, yeah, fascinating, like the United Methodist Church is getting into this mainline, like really? So that's been an interesting uh, phenomenon as well. I think people are, are more on board and willing to, to hear me out whenever, whenever they hear that we're not just another uh, extension ministry out of another mega church. Um, yeah, they yeah. Are, they are, we are, we are genuinely pursuing a, a church plant ministry online. Uh, and I think what, what hopefully works out of my favor is it, I really, I don't like first person shooters. <laughs> and that is something that everybody likes. 
So I'm like the one outlier that's like, well, why don't we play a fun, a fun, cute, like RPG or, or why don't we play some more Nintendo games or something like that? And they're like, no, I want to play like, I want to play my Call of Duty. Um, but I'm, I'm way <laughs> more interested in, in narrative gaming and storytelling and an anime. Um, the only other anime community I can find out there is uh, there's one offshoot that's kind of like a life group um, out of uh, Saddleback, Rick Warren. You know, he has one okay, called yeah. Jesus Otaku. And that's like, that's it. So it's, it's me and Jesus Otaku out there talking about anime. That's not exactly, there are, there are some others, but uh, yeah, that's been interesting to see. Like we all bring something different to the table. All these different communities have their own different perspectives. And so at the end of the day, we are as varied as anyone else is on Twitch. Uh, so, you know, you, you, trying to compare two Twitch streamers would be next to impossible. And then you take that and you, you, you make it a little bit more niche to Christian church streamers. Um, and we're also just as varied as you can find. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Cause I know like it, in a lot of the work that I do with, with again, this kind of spiritual exile community, one of the big um, barriers always seems to be that, that fear of a bait and switch, right? Yeah. That, because that's what the church frankly has been known for, Absolutely. for so long. That idea that um, we're going to go out and colonize your space. Right. Um, so how do you, how, you know, what, what does that look like? in your community to, to gain that trust and, and to not be, you know, Christian colonizers of the gaming space, but to be people who are bringing their Christian faith into a space just to be authentically yourself in that space. Like, we, what does that look like for you? Yeah. We start out by just regularly asking that question <laughs> and, and yeah, you know, yeah. bringing that up in our meetings and in our level two stuff where we, we talk about like, what, what does this mean? How are we making sure we're actively avoiding this kind of misanthropic tendency that the church has been known for. I think the way that I intentionally started this is on check on, on our like actual like checkpoint church, Twitch channel. I did two things really intentionally. Um, I did not name us checkpoint community. I did not name us nerd pastor, Nate. I did not name us uh, or just nerd Nate, right? I didn't name us something that wasn't obvious. So nobody's right. going to be bait and switched by like, you are choosing to watch Checkpoint Church. So like that was from the, from the get-go. I want to make sure that people knew we were being upfront. We are a church plant. I'm not trying to be sneaky. I'm not trying to evangelize you in that way. Just letting you know you're watching a church stream. We are a family-friendly stream, um, but we are, at the end of the day, a stream called Checkpoint Church. So right. that in and of itself was hopefully like a, let's go ahead and wave the white flag and let people know, yes, we are a church doing a church thing. But then after we make that, uh, you know, admittance, after we let them know that up front and we're transparent in that way, our streams are not really nauseatingly uh, churchy. Uh, we don't have a worship service still. Uh, we have we have yet to create a worship service. We do not meet for an hour a week and sing hymns or worship music or try and stream worship music, God forbid. Uh, we, we instead put out our 15-minute nerdy sermon, but that's, that is all we do for worship. What we do more than anything is we stream nine hours a week. And we let people know at the very, very end of the stream that God loves them, we love them, and they matter. But other than that, we really are just kind of going with the flow. Uh, Mondays, I play a Pokemon game for three hours. That's our stream. 
Um, if we talk about God, great. If God doesn't come up in the conversation, I'm still creating family-friendly, welcoming, embracing yeah, yeah. community in that space. So again, we're still Checkpoint Church at the end of the day. So nobody's coming to our stream and not knowing that our name is Checkpoint Church. But I'm not reading off Bible verses. That's something that I see a lot of Twitch streamers do. Uh, and I yeah. have my own personal qualms with that. I don't think that they're, it's, it, I don't think that everybody's doing it out of ill will. But I think that that's not ever anything that I'm going to present. Um, if anything, we're going to watch our nerdy sermons and we're going to talk about them. And then we're going to get back to playing games. Uh, because at the end of the day, I'm, I'm more intentional about the community. I, I talk about church stuff all the time. Uh, I go on podcasts like this and I listen and I read yeah, books yeah. and I do stuff like that. And so I do that stuff all the time. Uh, what I'm more interested in is like, what did you think about the last episode of Stranger Things? What I want to know more about is like, what did you think about Obi-Wan? Like, that's my bigger concern uh, is finding out these nerdy hobbies and these passions that I want to talk to people about. And talking about them, creating a space yeah. where it's safe to have those conversations in a, way, in a way that we know that we're not only um, getting to have those conversations, but that we're among people who genuinely care uh, and that genuinely love us and that want to get to know us and that really do think that we matter, no matter what our opinions or our thoughts or our beliefs or our political leanings uh, or anything, none, none of that is going to change that we're wanted in this space. Uh, and so that's what I try to do as best as possible through our Twitch streams and make sure that that is the first thing people find us in other ways. But I hope that the first way that somebody gets to experience Checkpoint Church is on a Twitch stream, playing Pokemon, playing some kind of new game, and just knowing that they're welcome in this space. That's my biggest yeah. concern. Um, if, if, they wanna, if they wanna be evangelized to, if they wanna read the Bible, if they wanna know that Jesus loves them, of course, but that's not going to be my like constant. That's not going to be my, yeah, yeah. my ever running theme, but instead I just want them to know that they're welcomed. That's, that's sort of its own kind of evolving theology of worship though. Don't you think mm -hmm. that, um, and that, that's one of the things we talk about in our community is we've noticed very unintentionally and very organically that we've uh, kind of evolved into a, a theology of worship that for us is rooted in conversation. And so we're not singing three hymns, no and doing a responsive reading and taking up an offering or reading a Bible verse um, or anything like that. But when, you know, you get to the end of a, of a session together and you ask people, um, was that church for you? And people would say, yeah, that, that was a, a worshipful experience. Absolutely. Um, but it just looks different. It's a different model of worship, um, uh, but it's still a, it's still a theology of worship that's rooted in, relationality which i think it brings it back I feel to like all theology yeah yeah exactly to the monastic it feels very ancient right yeah. i mean it, it is it is that kind of monastic community um that we were talking about at the very very beginning one of the things that i contemplate a lot is how much of jesus's ministry we don't have because i think it was painfully boring I think so much of Jesus's ministry is not worth writing down on a page of a book because he was just hanging out because he was yeah. just in community. He was just enjoying delicious food uh, with, with the sinners. Right. I mean, he was just there. Yeah. And so I think that's something that I think about a lot is like people that talk so much about the Bible and talk so much about spiritual things. That's important. That's good. But when at the end of the day, are we just going to hang out together? When are we just going to be able to talk about what we want? Uh, because I think that that's something that, that Jesus did a lot of. And I think that it was yeah. so pointless that there was no point in putting it in the gospels. There was no point in the gospel writers writing it down uh, because it was boring. Uh, and we need to be more, we need to be bored more often. I firmly believe that we need to, we need to be in bored community more often in digital spaces. And, and it just, it, it's something that I'm finding more and more. And it's something that I'm enjoying more and more. 
Uh, and I want to be a part of this community every single day. Uh, and and that's, that's something that more people are saying to me. They want to be a part of this every day because it's just a place where they can share their opinions. They can share their thoughts. They can share yeah. what they're watching, share what they're playing. Uh, some people just hang out in our community and just play games together. Uh, not the same game. <laughs> they're just in yeah. a digital room playing games on their own gaming consoles separately, but they just want to be hanging out. They just want to be yeah. in the same digital space together. Uh, and I think that's that's something that is so totally okay and so totally worshipful. Um, and, and you know, we're just, we're sitting at that table in the upper room together being bored. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I love it. All those years of being scolded for getting bored in church <laughs> when really it was the whole point. Right, exactly. <laughs> so um, we're, we're kind of getting close to the end of our time. I do want to ask you a, a couple of more things. Um, one of the things that I know you've been doing a lot of work around is kind of looking forward yeah. into the future. And I know you've kind of hosted some book studies and things uh, online about, um, you know, kind of the church of the metaverse. Absolutely. And um, and where like web 3.0 kind of stuff is going and um and some of that stuff where do you where do you sort of see the trends move you know are we going to be gathered as avatars in digital spaces um i know that's already happening in some places uh, i just found out yesterday about i'd heard of it once before but somebody sent me a link to an article um about a site called second life i think sure. that's been around for like 10 or 12 years i'm like Oh, even longer. Than that. Yeah, it's been around. Yeah, I mean, it's been around forever. And it looks like an outgrowth of like Sim City from when my kids were growing up or something like that. Um, but there's there's all of these digital spaces, which include, you know, some spiritual spaces. But um, but yeah, so where do you see where, where do you sort of see the trend moving for this kind of digital first community? Uh, I think the reality is that you already stated like it, religious culture and religious communities have formed in World of Warcraft, in Second Life, in all these spaces uh, for literal decades. It has happened. Um, uh, literally the last sermon that we wrote in our, in our community was on how the church is always the bad guy in video games and in fantasy stories. Like the church is a running theme in nerd communities. It's something that people talk about and it's something that forms naturally. So acknowledging that and knowing that this is just another offshoot of that, uh, I am skeptical uh, of the VR church. I really like what the VR church is doing. I like the community they're forming. And I don't want to sound like a curmudgeon because I think it's just as viable a ministry as anything that I'm doing. Um, but I think that the space itself is something uh, that is so limited financially that I think that we've got, we've got to, we've got to come a long ways um, for yeah, making yeah. that more approachable. Um, to me, it would be like doing an iPhone ministry. Like it's like not everybody can afford an iPhone uh, for us to just do that. So not everybody can just afford a VR headset. Now there are some right. spaces um, where you're able to uh, use a computer. But even still, like who's got a computer? Some people have a computer, some people don't. So I think there's still a disconnect uh, between the general public and the VR community where I feel like VR is so on cutting edge um, that there are some people that are like, this is the future. And it's like, maybe, but it's a ways out. Um, we, we've got yeah, a lot yeah. of financial work to do before we can get to that, that to be a viable form of yeah. community for the general public. But again, that's coming from somebody, from somebody that plays video games, right? I mean, a PS5 is not attainable. Um, that is an expensive thing that you have to procure if you want to find a way to play video games like that. But then also on the other end, uh, the, the growing gaming community plays games on their phone. So uh, that, you know, most people have a phone. 
most people can play games uh, and, and typically pretty cheaply, sometimes even free on a phone. So there's a lot of there's a lot of connection that's happening in digital spaces. It's just a matter of finding the niche and finding where people are and what people are wanting from that space. Um, my big issue as well is going to be making sure that we intentionally, just like we said, don't colonize that space. Um, I, I've see, I see a lot of people do the same thing and I want to warn against it. If you get a VR headset this Christmas, if this is what you've been wanting for for years and years, you've been like, please let me get a VR headset. If the first thing you do with your VR headset is create your own digital church, stop, <laughs> go learn the space, <laughs> go yeah, get to yeah. know people. Uh, that, that is such a, that is such a weird thing to me where people are like, all right, I got a VR headset. And then the next day they start a church. I'm like, come on, like we got to get to know the people. We got to dwell in that space and get to know before we start invading and colonizing and turning into our own thing. Yeah. That's, that's, that's such a way that we're just naturally leading towards that toxic culture. Um, that if I can, that's my big warning. VR is awesome. It's incredible. I think it's a possible future for the church, but just take your time, get to know people. And the same really goes for Twitch. The same really goes for whatever you're doing. If you want to start a digital ministry, I think you should, but I hope that it's in a space that you exist. I hope it's in a space that you're familiar with. Yeah. Um, if you're going to go on TikTok, I hope you'll spend a couple months just learning TikTok and getting to know people before even worrying about trying to create your own brand. Uh, th that's the big temptation, I think, is that the digital culture is so big, so pervasive that we want to get into it and, you know, just get, your, get our hands dirty. And I'm going to encourage people to, to spend time first getting to know, uh, you know. Consider that Jesus didn't start his ministry until 30, right? Uh, yeah. Take those years, take those years, take advantage of that time and get to know people, get to love people first. I think that's, you know, that's good advice, even in physical spaces too, you know, as we, as we're starting to break down this, this colonial notion of what church has been, um, you know, it, authentic friendships and relationships is the root of it all. And you can't do that if you're constantly being a recruiter. Yeah. You know, um, you're, you're just, you know, th that's where those trust issues are going to come up. That's where that bait and switch, um, fear is going to come up, you know, is when you become perceived as a recruiter, um, rather than, like you said, a, a part of the community that now just wants to share this piece of myself, um, that, that we hope lifts up the whole, right. That, that, that oh. makes everybody, um, have a little bit better life. This and I, I have the advantage of the nerds will know. I'm, if I'm not genuine, they will know. Oh, yeah. If I pretend to be a Star Trek fan and I've, you know, really only watched minimal Star Trek, they will sniff me out and, and absolutely eat me alive. So yeah, I, I'm not going to pretend I'm not going to put on airs. And that has been a real advantage of the nerd community. I know I can't, I know I can only plug in where I genuinely am a nerd. Uh, and the, the BS meter is dialed to <laughs> full exactly blast right. all the time. Yeah, exactly. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Nate, um, sadly, we're coming to the end of the, the time we have together here. I really appreciate hearing all of this from you. Um, and, and, you know, hearing where you've been and where you're going with anything. Where can folks connect with you? If folks listen to this podcast and want to, you know, either connect with Checkpoint Church or reach out to you and find out more, what's what's the best way for folks to get connected? We do have a link tree and our link tree has everything on it. So link tree slash Checkpoint Church can be a great place to go to find that information. But uh, on our website, obviously, CheckpointChurch.com. But we also, like I mentioned, our three big platforms, our three big places where I see our ministry being done. Check us out on Twitch. If you've never been on Twitch, check it out. See what you think about streaming and streaming in this platform. See how it's different um, from what you're familiar with. If you're on Facebook Live, Lord forbid, please, please check out Twitch. <laughs> check out anything other than Facebook. I, I'll, I'll talk bad about Facebook all day. When, when my daughters come home, 
they stream tw- like my wife and I will sit and watch them watch video games. <laughs> <laughs> and like we don't realize how quickly yeah. we sort of get sucked into it's that awesome. too because it's it's amazing. It's fascinating. Yeah. So Twitch and then Discord. Um, I think every church ever should be on Discord. So poke around, learn from us. And then if you leave, you won't hurt my feelings. Uh, come and ask questions. Learn what we're doing. Take our ideas. Steal from us. You have my permission. Please um, use Discord. I think it's a great platform. Uh, and then our YouTube videos, that's our sermons, our things that we're creating out there. Um, that's a that's a great place if you're just curious about like keeping up with the Joneses and letting, letting you know what we're up to. Um, we have a newsletter as well. So that's how I kind of keep people in the know. Um, but if you want to see what we're doing and how ministry is being done in this space, Twitch and Discord are going to be your great places. Great stuff, man. Well, thanks so much, Nate, for um, for being part of this conversation. Um, congratulations on um, the success you've had so far. And I know success is sort of a weird term to, right. to think about when we're talking about faith communities and churches and so forth, but um, you're, you're really making an impact. And, and I think you're, you're, what really fascinates me about what you're doing from my perspective is um, you're, you're one of those voices that's waking the rest of the church up um, to, to this idea of contextual ministry, contextual communities, and how we can, um, how we can start to make connection in, in those kinds of spaces. So thanks for what you're doing. And, and thanks for being on this episode of the Accidental Tomatoes podcast, my friend. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I'll be back on anytime. That was such an interesting conversation with Nate, and it's so cool to hear from someone who's working so hard to create real relationships with folks that the church is so often either ignored or excluded. I hope you will go check out all of the cool things going on at Checkpoint Church. If you have comments or feedback or suggestions for future episodes of the podcast, please reach out to us uh, on our social media channels. You can just do a search for Accidental Tomatoes and drop us a note there, or you can send us an email to accidentaltomatoes at gmail.com. And so until next time, friends, keep on growing outside the fences and join us for another episode of the Accidental Tomatoes podcast.